Welcome to the Sunday Sermon Podcast of First United Methodist Church in Opelika. We'd love for you to join us for worship each Sunday at 9 o'clock or 10.30 a.m. To learn more about First United Methodist, visit us online at fumcopelika.org or follow us on Instagram or Facebook at fumcopelika. Thanks for tuning in. A reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. Then Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens in that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, before whom all hearts are open and from whom no secrets are hidden, forgive us. By the power of your word and Holy Spirit, enable us to live as your pardoned people. And may I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said. The great Protestant reformer Martin Luther said, No one can self-apply the promise of the gospel. Such that even priests and pastors like me 
need what he called a local forgiveness person. No one can self-apply the promise of the gospel. And so without further ado, allow me to hand over the goods. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins, every last one of them, past, present, future. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for you, and there is nothing, absolutely nothing, in all creation that can separate you from the love of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. So what are we doing here? Seriously. What are we doing here? I mean, if all this is true, which it is, why do we persist in doing this little Ash Wednesday song and dance year after year? Why do we insist on taking oil and ash and marking your foreheads with the wages of sin if the wages of sin have been paid? I mean, by grace, through faith, none of you, no matter what you've done or left undone, none of you will be stuck holding an IOU. Think about it. And no matter how you measure up against the commands of Almighty God, Jesus Christ, by his own faithful life, has met the law's demands for you. And by his death, he has taken away the handwriting on the wall against you. And by his resurrection, his own perfect, permanent record has been gifted to you. The good news of the gospel is that Christ has not only dealt with you, dear sinner, but that in Jesus Christ, God has also defeated the very power of sin, death, and the devil. The Pharaoh we call sin no longer has any claim over you. And nothing, not hardship, not distress, not persecution, not famine, or nakedness, or peril, or violence, nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And when Christ comes again in final victory, he will return, having already borne every sin in his body on that tree. And by the betrothal that is your baptism, everything that belonged to you, namely your sin, became his. And everything that belonged to him, namely his righteousness, became yours. I'm preaching better than y'all are shouting tonight. During his one and only speaking tour in the United States, a woman asked the theologian Karl Barth, Professor Barth, will we see our loved ones in heaven? Barth flashed her his trademark irascible smile and responded, Yeah, not only your loved ones. (laughs) But that's just it, isn't it? 
By faith in the Son, all of us failures at the Christian life will be welcomed into the Father's arms. And it isn't just that failures and sinners get in, it's that by grace we get in as failures and sinners. So what are we doing here? If the wages of sin have been paid once and for all, then why do we scratch them out on your forehead with a soot-colored cross? What are we doing here? In J.R.R. Tolkien's private letters, he was discussing his Lord of the Rings trilogy with a friend. In one of those letters, he explained that uh, to the end, Frodo, the hobbit protagonist, was profoundly affected by the allure of the ring of power, which in Tolkien's novels symbolized the power of sin. He wrote that, quote, Long after the demonic power of the Dark Lord had been defeated for good, Frodo continued to suffer from a last flicker of pride. Let me say that again. Even after the power of the Dark Lord had been defeated for good, Frodo continued to suffer from the last flicker of pride. That's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing here. We're all hobbits here tonight. And though our sin... Uh, thanks to Jesus, uh, does not determine God's perception of us. Our sin does determine our perception of God. Consider the parable that you heard read from Luke 15. The prodigal son travels to a distant country, far off from his father, and he goes on a binger. And only after he's debauched and penniless... Does the prodigal see himself for what he is? I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired hands, he says. But hang on a minute. Where did the son ever that his father would ever treat his children like hired hands? Uh, For that matter, where did he ever get the idea that his father gave his children what they deserved? Notice how the prodigal son's sin, his sin, alters his whole relationship with his father. His sin alters how he sees his father, and it alters how he imagines his father sees him. Instead of seeing himself as the father's beloved son, as one for whom the father has already symbolically died and would do so again and again, because of his sin, the prodigal sees himself as one who will get the wages he's earned. Instead of seeing his father as someone who loves without condition, he now sees his father as someone who will surely dole out to his children the punishment they deserve. Don't miss this. 
Uh, Seeing his father as someone who doles out what his children deserve, it isn't who his father is, and his father has not changed. Rather, his sin has changed how he sees his father. Uh, Seeing his relationship with his father in this way, it's what his sin has done. And just to be sure you don't miss it, Luke repeats it twice. Twice, the prodigal says, worthy to be called your son. The son's sin has changed his perception of the father. His sin changes his perception of the father into a kind of wage master, into an accuser, into one who will weigh his sins and dole out what he deserves, but his father never changed. Friends, your sin does not change God's attitude toward you. Your sin's already been bought and paid for. What sin does is change your attitude about God. Sin blinds us, distorts our vision, and causes us to turn God into an accuser, into a kind of Satan. God is not angry at you. That's not how this works. Rather, because of your sin, you see God as see God as a kind of sin auditing wage master. So let me be clear tonight. There is nothing you can do to make the Father love you more. And there is nothing you can do to make the Father love you less. But like the prodigal son, your sin distorts your vision and ruins your eyes to the point that you can't even recognize your own father anymore. That's why we're here tonight. That's why we're here tonight. We begin our Lenten journey, our journey to the cross, with the wages of sin, not as a threat, but as a glad reminder that at the end of the journey, the handwriting on the wall that once condemned you has been blotted out for good. And we who, like Frodo Baggins, still suffer from the last flickers of pride. We need this reminder. That's what we're doing here. We need to rub the ash and oil on our heads so that we who have become blind can see once again that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and his love for you has not changed. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, your heavenly Father, he's just a dad on a porch waiting for you to come home. Thanks be to God.